So the idea that I had for this evening, as you know, our theme for this year is Come Closer. And last month, I talked to you about a number of different women in the Bible and their encounters with Jesus and how it really did look different for each of them. There were some of them who actually quite intentionally pursued Jesus. There were others where he positioned himself in such a way for them to encounter him. And um, I really wanted to flow on from that to some real life women. Um, and what does it look like practically for us as women in lots of different seasons of life, whether that's working full time and um, juggling adult family or whether it's as somebody who has gone through all of those stages and is retired and juggling what happens in retirement or young people who are working and have done some studying or, are, um, or you're managing children at home because there's not really a one-size-fits-all program when it comes to how do we draw close to God in the middle of day-to-day -day life? What does that look like? How do we even measure our success with that sometimes? I think sometimes it's one of those things that we just assume that everybody does it better than we do. Well, I do, anyway. Um, and so I just really thought it would be good to take an opportunity with some of our own community to just explore that a bit. What does it look like in our lives? What are the practicalities of um, drawing closer to the Lord, um, regardless of what season we're in? Um, and even just learning um, from some of these ladies and their experiences and their history with God through various seasons of life um, about what that looks like. So that is really the plan for this evening and hopefully just to spark some thoughts for you um, that will be encouraging but that we would just really be able to be honest and real with each other in our in the in the way that we continue to look for ways to respond to God um, and to draw close to him. So I do, I have a, another microphone there that I'm going to pass around a little bit. I did send the ladies just a couple of things that I was sort of hoping at least to be kind of starting points for a bit of discussion and sharing from them. And so I th my, f my opening question um, is really around right now, where you're at um, in this season, what is currently working for you in pursuing intimacy with God or allowing him to pursue intimacy with you, if that makes sense. So um, does anybody want to start with that? Anybody? Jan? Thanks, Jan. I did my homework. You did your homework. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, that you've got a, a No, simply, a simply because I've got too many things on my mind and I, if I don't write them down, then I forget. I, um, uh, I have a problem. I have a problem. My problem is I can't really sit still. So pursuing intimacy with God in the traditional sense, you know, like sitting with, your wor with the word and thinking and praying and all that 
I always really don't like doing that. So I like to move. So <laughs> so um, I run and um, that is my time with God. Um, I listen to worship and that's my time with God when I'm running or walking. I do sit still. I do, I promise. I'm a reader. So I do sit still and I do that. But I find I meet God when I'm moving. Um, and um, I think what works is making sure that it's regular uh, for me. Um, and um, so, for example, I probably am up early six out of seven days a week and I'm usually out exercising um, between six and seven or six and seven thirty. Um, and so if that, if I... If I'm with others, I don't have that time of intimacy with God. If I'm running on my own, I do. Um, but then I make sure that when I get to work, I close my door and I've got a Bible in my office and I spend the first 15 minutes of my day in my office with God before I even turn my computer on. Mm -hmm. So I find that works well yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um. I feel like for me in this season, it's just little moments grabbed here and there. And I feel like they um, take different, they come in different capacities. So for me, I, I often pray when I drive and I feel like that's often a time when I really connect um, with God and also just with having worship music on. But in terms of the times where I just spend reading my Bible or, um, you know, having that more kind of stopping and just being, that tends to be with a cup of tea for a 10-minute slot of time in the afternoons um, while the boys are, um, you know, just quietly playing or having a bit of a watching time or sometimes in the evenings. But it's definitely not a, like... It's not the same every day. Sometimes it's in the afternoon. Sometimes it's not at all. Sometimes it's um, in the evening and just kind of wherever I can grab it. And I feel like I um, used to feel like it had to be every day. And if it wasn't every day that I felt like I was really failing or, you know, but I feel like I've come to a place now where I want God to be with me during my day, throughout the day. But if it's not, you know, that f focused Bible time every day, I feel like I, I feel peaceful about that mm. and okay. Good. Yeah, I think for me, um, yeah, like definitely praying and reading my Bible is always a big thing. But for me, another big one is uh, my music, Very particularly because I've been learning piano the last few months. And I've I've just been amazed at how much, like, I come alive and I just – like, because I'm doing it kind of more just in the worship context. Um, and, yeah, like, I guess like God will speak to me through the music as well. And, like, just after I've been, like, playing worship songs and I'll just be, like, so stuck into it, I'll come away afterwards. I'm like, wow, like, that was really cool. Um, but, yeah, also just in, um, yeah, I'm thankful at the moment that every morning yeah I just have the opportunity while I eat breakfast to read my bible and like quite often yeah like just in the different things I'm reading God or highlight different scriptures or things he's saying um but yeah they're probably my two main ways at the moment 
Well, it's really interesting to listen to all of you ladies because I don't work. Well, I work very hard, but yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't work. go to it. It's different. And because when I did work, I was a pastor, therefore that was the focus of my life. And so I always had time before I came to work, but then all day basically was, you know, reading the scriptures, studying or praying or praying with somebody else. And I thought, you know, when I retire, uh, that would just continue. And it certainly hasn't. I have found, I guess I, my relationship with God is what I want. I'm not that hung up on reading the Bible every day. I read it and I'll read big slabs of it because I have the time. But then I might not read for a couple of days because it takes me that long to mull over what I've already read. <coughs> it's just different. And I guess... Pursuing relationship with God is the thing that means a lot to me. I, I listened to Steph and I remember when my boys were little, the only place I could have a quiet time was in the toilet. And it uh, don't get too visual. It was <laughs> in the bathroom. So it was a larger room than this big. But they would be wailing outside the door. Mommy! And I'm saying, God, can you hear that? <laughs> I just know that. Um, but I guess there too, like you, Steph, I gave up feeling guilty about doing this, this and this. I grew up in a very uh, ordered, quiet time. Had to be this, this, this and this and then you've done your quiet time. Well, I guess I don't do quiet time very much. I just talk to God all day and have some time where I'm quiet before him and... That means actually no music either. I know that's what you you and God connect with. But I can sing along to worship in the car and I can have it on in the, in the house. And actually I need to turn it all off and be by myself with God sometime of every day. And so that makes that really good. You can hang on to that. Hang I'll, on to I've that. I've got my own. Um, that's good. Yeah, so <coughs> it is different for different people, isn't it? Mm. Um, and different times of life. Different I times think of that's life. the thing. I absolutely agree. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes you'll work out that something needs to change when it's no longer working. You know, we, we can sort of try sticking at the same <coughs> way we've always done things yeah. and actually realize it's either got dry or tired or it's just not working because. Um, grandchildren are being dropped off first thing in the morning or whatever, you know, like there are all sorts of reasons why the seasons change for us or seasons of illness or... Um. So you've talked about what's working for you at the moment. Have you, um, have you had any struggles in this area, things that you've found difficult, whether that's practicalities or even pressures that you've put on yourself? I think, I can't remember what the next question was, but I think it went into traps, but a struggle yes. or a trap. Yeah. I This might shock you all. I found journaling a real hindrance. I journaled for years. I mean, literally years. I had a library for it. I'd have a new book every year. They were all the same colour, beautiful. And then, <laughs> but I got to the stage where if I didn't journal after my quiet time or part of it, I'd feel guilty. I felt unfulfilled. And after a while, I thought, hang on, I'm spending more time writing this down than actually just letting God love me and spending time 
just with God. And so one day I burnt all my journals. I have to say that I also was terrified that when I I'd suddenly die and someone would read them. <laughs> they were very honest. <laughs> very honest. I tried to be a bit cryptic sometimes. <laughs> and then I would use them in the beginning of each year. I'd take any pick a year, any year, and I'd look through it and see the things that I was pursuing, things I was praying for, things I was struggling with, and just realise how far I'd come or not since then. How, and I thought they were useful then, but I would never journal again. doesn't mean I don't write down things. I do. But as a daily habit, it became... Too locked in to? Is it yeah, rigid. Yeah. And, yep, anyway. We can become religious about anything, Religious, we, really? that's what it was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We, that's fine. You can struggles and traps. You can talk about either of those. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, um, I mean, obviously the hardest time for me was when I was really sick a few years ago. Um, and what really broke me was when I was, um, yeah, like too sick to get up and worship and like literally even sometimes even too sick to like sing. I'd just have to sit there and just try and like listen to the music. And so that season was a season of changing of where like I had many sleepless nights, a lot of pain, feeling horrible. And so in that season, my foundation was just soaking music. And like sometimes I couldn't really think straight. So I couldn't like I'd read a passage, but then not really like actually like read what was on the page. And so for that season, kind of soaking was my main foundation because I couldn't really do anything else. So um, yeah. And so then that was the thing. But that initially really broke me, particularly when I was kind of have like everything stripped away of like not being able to go out and I'll be able to see friends and then it would go back to the practical things of not being able to work, not being able to drive, not being able to pretty much eat anything. And then, um, but when I, when I wasn't able to worship, that's what really hurt me. Like that's well, one of the things that really hurt me. And so, yeah, so that was a season when I then I had to adapt. It's like, okay, well, if I can't physically worship, like I can still put worship music on and just receive. Um, and so that was, yeah, like one thing I, change and then so I've I've always and like even in the past I've always been impacted when I've had times of soaking particularly like intentional soaking whether it be at conferences or youth group or that sort of thing um and so yeah so like in that season that was kind of my main staple point and then obviously as I've gotten better I've picked things up again um but yeah that was yeah. sorry um <coughs> I can very much relate to what you're saying um most of you probably remember some years ago I had chemo when I had a red wig. That's uh, the only hope, outward sign. But um, it has a terrible effect on your mind. Um, it's not just your body, but it does faint funny things. And I can remember this one after one treatment. I lay there feeling really ill and I thought, I don't think God's real. I thought, I think all those people who say religion's a crutch and they don't have faith, I can remember just thinking, maybe I've been kidding myself all this time. And then I made a decision. I I said, God, in my best in my better days, I knew you were real. 
And if you don't mind, I'm not going to talk to you until this passes. And that could be a long time. But I thought about the times when, like, you have ministered to so many people in your worship leading and everything. And I thought of the times when I'd been woken up in the middle of the night to pray for somebody. And so I said, well, God, I'm just signing out here and I'm not going to pray. But I'm just trusting that you're going to have somebody else pray for me till this passes. And it does, but I think it's a really, um, it's a very hard, hard thing. The very thing that you want and you want to feel close to God and just carried and all those lovely things. But sometimes it's not like that at all. And you think it should be. You know the thing about the t- the footsteps on the sand and how come they'll say, oh, that's when I carried you. And I remember thinking, well, yep, maybe. But, <laughs> yes, but I think that's – I can share that. And that's a really, really hard place, hard place. And it passes. Look at you now. I think, yeah, well, definitely I can relate because the fact that, you know, you hear sometimes – like other well-known pastors or like they'll go through really hard times where they're like, but I just really felt God's presence. And I was like, oh, I did not feel that. Like, you know, a bit like you, like when I was really sick, like most of the time I was like, God, where are you? Like, I don't feel you. Like I'm not hearing you. And, um, and so pretty much one, like the main thing that got me through was just my determination of like, I wouldn't allow myself to give up. And I just continually had to speak God's truths over my life. Like I didn't feel it. But I just had to go back to, and that's where another thing I had to get into the routine of doing. And that's part of the reason why I came through all right mentally was um, every day I would recite well-known Bible verses, just even just declaring things like, um, you know, Jesus came that I would life and life abundantly. And um, like Jeremiah 29, 11, like plans to prosper, not to harm me. And so like every day I just had to keep declaring that over my circumstances, even though I certainly did not feel that way. Um, but... Um, yeah, it was that determined and like, and me not allowing myself to give up. Um, just like, no matter how bad it got, I'm like, what well, can only get better from now on? <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was that process of doing that, of that, not necessarily feeling God's presence or feeling close to Him that time, but being just really purposeful because I couldn't feel Him. Um, but then as I came out of that season, then I'm noticing how much I grew as a person in that season because I had I had to make such a choice to focus on those things. And so I then had that more of a foundation going into the next season when I could then start to feel his presence again and start to get back to kind of my normal life. So, Wow, that's good. Um, so when I was praying about this, um, I'm already fortunate and that I haven't had to experience um, major health uh, issues um, that you girls have. Um, but when I was praying about this, um, uh, God just gave me this um, bit of a psalm. And uh, I went to the Hillsong Conference this year, um, which I haven't been, the colour conference, and I haven't been to it for well, 15 years or so. And um, they started using a lot of words out of the Passion Translation. 
And prior to um, me going, I was in a really dry place. It was I was just going through the motions um, because life was busy and there's lots on we're thinking about and you know all of those things. Um, and so I, when 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 I got back, I bought myself um, the Passion Translation, and I've been reading that, and it's really made a big difference to me because I've read had the same Bible for you know twenty five thirty years, and I don't I've realised I actually don't read the words anymore. I just because I know what they're going to say and I've underlined the verses and I only want to read the underlined verses. <laughs> and I, Does anybody else, does that happen to anybody Yes, else? absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there's a good bit. I'll just read that with and I'll think about that bit. Yeah. Like what, what, what is he talking about there anyway? Like it's really not important. Why don't they just like condense it and put all my underlined bits in and that'll be fine. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I, this is um, just from Psalm 32 and it says, This is what I've learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God. Do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm, you'll be kept safe. Lord, you are my secret hiding place, protecting me from these troubles, surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing you and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. When I take you where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. And the background to this psalm is Actually, David wrote this psalm um, after he had um, seduced Bathsheba and after he had had her husband killed. And he was crying out to God because he knew that he'd done the wrong thing. And um, God is saying to him, if we confess our sins, that can be one of the biggest traps and barriers that we don't confess our sins and therefore... Um, we are not able to come into God's presence. So I found that really um, inspiring. And another um, another scripture that um, God brought to me, which was a bit, a bit uh, harder, um, was Isaiah 31 and 2. And this is where the Jews are in rebellion and they're seeking counsel and they're seeking wisdom from everything and everyone except God. And um, uh, they're looking to move back to Egypt because things are too tough um, as they, as they uh, are when they left. And, um, and so on top of the sins of um, not believing, they were not trusting God and they were not um, uh, relying on God's power and mercy. They were making their own plans. And that is another trap that I fall into. If things aren't going fast enough, because I live at pace, um, or, you know, things aren't working out the way I want, then I, you know, sort of say to God or... Help him along. I'll just help you. <laughs> How about we do this? <laughs> Which is another trap. Yeah. Yes. Um, and really God said, says to the Jews later on, it's only through quietness that we can put our simple trust in God. And... 
And then, you know, the Psalm 42.10, you know, that one. Mm. Be still and know that I am God. It's a bit tricky, but that's really what we have to do. That one's not underlined in your Bible? Um. I would say a struggle for me in pursuing intimacy with God has been fear of God and not a healthy fear. I used to joke that, you know, if, what's that verse that talks about wisdom or, you know, something comes from the fear of God, well, I must be the wisest person ever. But fear is something that I've always really struggled with ever since I was a child, just fear of everything really. And um, I went through a season probably um, from a bit before I became pregnant with Noah um, to when Joel was about two, so a number of years, where reading the Bible for myself would fill me with terror. Like I can't quite describe it, but I could... Um, connect with God through worship, I could connect with God through prayer, I could listen to teaching or read a book of someone else's revelation of the Bible um, and be really encouraged and feel fed by that or listen to a sermon or even read the Bible um, for other people if I felt like God was giving me a word for them and feel really filled with faith for them and, oh, look at these promises of God and 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 feel really, you know, encouraged for that person and, like, I could really encourage them with the word of God and look at this truth for you. Um, but then when I was reading it for myself or just in my own quiet time that I would just um, be terrified of him um, asking me to do things that I was scared to do or taking loved ones away or just a whole host of things. And so it really just created a cycle where I would feel, I would pursue intimacy with God but not through reading my Bible because whenever I did, it just, it wasn't worth the bother (laughs) really. Um, And so, yeah, it was just kind of this vicious cycle that I would feel really guilty because I wasn't really reading my Bible. And then when I would try, then it would be awful and I'd, like, just be a mess for the next few days. And and, um, and so it kind of felt like I was living off the fumes of previous revelation, if that makes sense, like living off the fumes of what God had said to me previously um, or through what God had said to other people but not really what he had said to me. Um, and it w- I, I don't think I could see when I was in that season that it really was, um, I think, looking back, a kind of demonic thing that was operating in my life of where the enemy was using God's word to actually bring fear um, into my heart. And, you know, the enemy knows the Bible. When he tempted Jesus, he used scripture to try and confuse him and to lead him astray. But um, Jesus knew, like, God's word for that moment and he was able to rebut a truth of God that the enemy was saying, but he was able to 
rebut it for that moment and in that moment of time. And so I think I was kind of um, confusing, well, this is the word of God, so if it's causing me fear, like it must be God saying this to me because it's the Bible. The Bible can't, you know, it's his word. Um, But I feel like God, um, through a hard season that I went through and kind of a dark place that I walked through, he actually... um, brought great deliverance into my life um, and I think started to show me a lot of different places in my life where I was really believing lies about who God was um, and who I was, you know, in that relationship. And as a result of that, um, he started to show me that I needed to break agreement with those lies. And so I went through a season and I still do it now, but You know, if I'm feeling fear or if I'm feeling overwhelmed or basically if something kind of doesn't align with the truth of who God is um, or who I am, then I feel God encouraging me to break agreement with that lie. Um, And I feel like that process of him teaching me to break agreement with things that aren't true has brought incredible freedom um, into my life and I feel like I can say that I still have moments of struggling with fear but I don't feel like it has the hold or the grip on me that it used to and that when I see it coming I see it for what it is and can say no like get away from me (laughs) kind of thing and so I feel like that's been a really big it's been much bigger than just reading my Bible, but it's been a big season that God has been bringing me through in the last few years. I feel like it's still something that I'm walking it out, but I feel like that is reflected in my ability to read the Bible again and to not um, be overcome with terror (laughs) that I can read it and like be encouraged by God's word again. And it doesn't mean that there aren't times when I'm not challenged or, you know, feel pushed out of my comfort zone or anything like that but it's not that crippling thing that it used to be and when there are times when um, it goes back to being like that I'm able to recognize it for what it is and go that's not God I break agreement with that lie Mm. get away from me Satan kind of thing Um, and I feel like that has been very um yeah, just an amazing thing that God has been doing in my life, which I feel very thankful for. Mm, thanks. You may well be able to, I mean, relate to, to, to parts of that. I mean, I think it's amazing when truth is distorted in us, whatever that is, whether that's um, reading sets of the scripture and seeing is it a whole bunch of shoulds and just... Um, one of the descriptions amongst a number of the things that Andrew Scarborough, who was here with the youth conference, just talked about around the Bible is that whole thing of that we often hold it up here as a standard we have to attain as opposed to that this is the truth of who God says we are and who he is. And, you know, I think our relationship to the word of God um, can really be impacted by how we see God and certainly fear and um patterns of fear in our life can really impact that um but 
how incredible that our God's total desire is for freedom in our lives. And he's not, he's not repelled. Our father isn't repelled by those moments where we're like, I just, I don't know how to get myself out of this mess. I can't change myself. I, you know, just reading the word more wasn't going to do it. There was a revelatory component to that part of the story. Yeah. Thanks, Steph. Um, one of the things that I had, I, I think you've probably all touched on this a little bit, but I think particularly as a church that really values the presence of God in our lives and that we really believe we are able to encounter him, um, I still feel that as Christians, as women, there is a tension that we still walk between moments of encounter and the choices of spiritual discipline if you like to pursue God so one of the things for me I mean Bev you were saying that you came from a, a background where quiet time looked a particular way and I mean I don't know whether this happens in your life but certainly for me I can have a bit of a tendency to bit of be a bit of a pendulum swinger so when I come into a new revelation about something I can almost think what well, all my, so it might be that I've tried to have really structured quiet times and then I find out about the presence of God and the father heart of God and I think, oh, well, all that structured stuff's out the window because I just want encounter. But there's some tension between those things and so I guess really my question to you is what does that look like in your li life or what has that looked like? Navigating that tension between yes seeking the presence of God and ho however that looks but also recognizing that we do have a mandate to draw close to God that actually does require spiritual discipline at times does that make sense I feel like I've gone through both pendulums <laughs> where probably when I was younger you know I've got to read my bible every day I've got to do this I've got to do that I've got to do this um and if I didn't do it I would feel like I was a failure and that I wasn't loved and that God was unpleased with me and you know things that you would say you didn't really think were true but you still actually felt um and then I think I went through okay it's just grace you know I don't need to earn anything um and so I just kind of decided I'm just going to read my Bible when I feel like it. And I never felt like it. And that probably <laughs> 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 that probably was what actually started to lead me into that season of kind of stepping back. And then when I would come to God, then it wouldn't be a very good time. Um, and so I think now I'm in a place where I feel like for the Bible aspect of things, that that requires discipline from me. That if I wait till I feel like reading my Bible, it will never happen. I have to choose to do it. And often it means that I'm choosing to let go of something else that I'd rather do, like read my book or watch TV or, you know, in those moments of being able to stop that it's missing out on something else. But then when I actually do it, it's like, oh, why did I put this off, God? This is a lovely moment. Um, 
But I think in terms of the, and obviously I do feel like God encounters me in those times, but I would probably say that often when I'm reading my Bible, um, I don't always have a really strong sense of his presence or it's not always an encounter. It's like I'm, I'm choosing to read this and I want you to fill me with your word and it's, it is, for me, it's something that requires more discipline. Whereas I think the encounter moments for me are the ones that are just more spontaneous where I'm worshipping and I have a really strong sense of his presence or I'm doing the wash up and I feel like God says, just come and sit with me for a minute. And I say, I've got too many things to do. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and he says, no, come and sit with me for a minute. And so I just sit and then there's just like such a strong sense of his presence. And it's like, oh, thank you. That's really nice. And then Joel and Noah start fighting and I leave, <laughs> you know, but where it is just that more kind of random, I didn't plan it, but I feel like God inviting me to a moment with him and and then I have a really strong sense of his presence, but I feel like that's separate from the Bible stuff. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I guess the the answer, short answer is not very well for me. Um, and I do have to be intentional. Um, um, I, I find that um, I'm pretty disciplined in everything that I do. So I'm pretty disciplined in making sure I read or pray. Um, and sometimes it's um, I'm guilty of... God being like a gift registry, you know, you go to the gift registry and I'll have one of those and can I have one of those and a bit of that and, oh, by the way, could you put your hand on this because that needs a bit of support and, you know, those kind of prayers. And I have to be, I have to be, because um, I'm a list maker, I have to be intentional to say, God, I'm just sitting here in your presence without any agenda of my own. Um, and I have to work hard at that to be able to do it. And that's why I think I like going to conferences and I think I like going on long walks um, because I can't do anything else. And um, for me, it comes back to that moving. Um, and I, because I, um, I love spending time outside, I see God and his um, kingdom as an invitation for presence. Mm because of the beauty of it. Oh, so oh. this morning I was running and saw the beautiful sunrise, you know, and, um, you know, so many times it's like that. Um, it doesn't matter what time of the day or night it is, what country I'm in, it doesn't really matter, but to see the beauty. And another way um, this year that I've made intentional is um, before I go to sleep, so I always read, and in that zone where you're just falling asleep, my thoughts are what are five things I'm grateful for and making sure that I'm actually giving thanks um, even if it's just, you know, a, a small thing, you know. Managed to get to the shops to buy oranges tonight. I like oranges. Thanks, Lord. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, or big stuff as well. And I think God's interested in all of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I um, through music as well is another that I can get myself into that space of 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 calmness um, as well. I haven't got ADHD, just in case you were thinking <laughs> that might be the solution and that I should go on medication. No. 
Uh, for me, it's I've been finding like it's not specifically going after like a certain discipline of something or seeking after the encounter. It's just in my um, yeah, like in a sense, it is a discipline. The fact that like I like to read my Bible every day while I eat breakfast and um, and that sort of thing. But um, but I find a bit like Bev now. I found like when I was really sick, when you have when you're not necessarily doing anything all day, like you just have conversations with God throughout the day, um, and so. Um, yeah, like he'll sometimes he will just encounter me in the things that I'm doing. And so like sometimes obviously I love going to conferences and that sort of thing where like you can have those big encounter moments and um, taking aside. But I think, yeah, God still just really loves and honors when you do just take time out of your day, whether it's just um, a prayer conversations with him, reading your Bible. And like, so I find he will still bring revelation through just those things because he's honoring me making time to do it. Um, and it's, yeah, like in every season it looks different and the capacity is different. Um, but, yeah, I guess I I don't go chasing after the big encounter moments because I just look for God and the little everyday things. And Because um, I think if we get stuck in that mindset of always looking after the, like, the big aha moments, like we'll always fall short and feel disappointed because it's like sometimes we feel like our day-to-day isn't good enough. Um, but, yeah, like when you just become thankful for the little things, like, yeah, it's just... And for me getting better, one of my things was, um, yeah, like very much remembering like what I'm grateful for and what I'm thankful for. And like, I never really comprehended, like it's like that phrase you never really knew, know how much you know, like you appreciate something until you lose it. And so for me, like once I got better, I was just like, well, thank you that I can walk. I was like, I had never even thought of that concept before. Like it's just something you don't even think about, but it's like, when, yeah, like when you're confined to a bed in a wheelchair and you can't walk, what's afterwards, it's like, thank you, I can walk. And then as I got back to work, I was like, thank you, I can work. So I was able to drive again, use my legs. Thank you, I can drive, have my independence back again. Because I think I was a very independent person. So like when all that got stripped away, like it's it's hard because it's when you like when you like control and you like how you're like planning out everything and planning out your week. And that's kind of all got chucked out the window and you just have to kind of take it day by day and just trust God with literally everything and so it's yeah it's also just in the the little mundane mundane conversations with God that sometimes he can really speak to you and yeah okay you know I I listen to all of this and I can say agree with all of those but I'm just looking around the room to see if I'm the oldest person I probably am you know the best thing is to just grow old because I don't mean that in a prideful way because there's a lot of things not fantastic about all of that. <laughs> but I have realised that I don't pursue God half as much as he pursues me. And all we've been talking about is what we do and that's good and that's part of it. But I guess what I've realised now is that, you know the scripture that says we love God because he first loved us? Yeah, yeah. You know that. But you know, when it goes so deep into you that he loves you so much, um, it takes away striving and it takes away guilt and it takes away anything because actually it's God who initiates both encouraging us to read the word and if we don't have it in our hearts then the Holy Spirit has a much harder time to bring it to our remembrance. So that's a good thing to know the word. But 
never feel guilty about not sitting down or doing this or that because he's the one who draws you. And I think the, the discipline and the experience, they're both part of the same thing. And if we pursue relationship with a friend, you know, you make time for your friends. And so we do make time for God. But he is so, so much more wanting us than we want him, no matter how, on our be very best times. Maybe I'm just a slow learner because I didn't have a dad. And, well, I did for a little while, but he wasn't functional as a father. And so it was always really important to me to know that God is my father. But some of you heard me last year, I think it was, when I shared. I had that moment, the revelation moment, when God was talking about the cosmos to me. And he said, it, yeah, I made all of that. You know, all those stars and black holes and stars that dying, that's in the plan. Don't worry about it. That's all part of the plan. And then he said, and I know you, you're my girl. And I, that's all that matters to me. Mm. Now, I knew that before then, but not ever so much as that. And I realised that all those years of wanting him, um, want, knowing that he was my heavenly father, and thank goodness while one day have, well, I have now, but it doesn't matter when we get to eternity, it doesn't matter if we had a father or not. We've only got one then. But um, he wants relationship with all of us so much more than we want it with him. And he's the one who draws us to prayer, draws us to read the Bible. And we might say, oh, but I haven't got time. I'll finish the dishes. No, that wasn't <laughs> reading the Bible. But whatever, it's all right. It's there for you. And I'll do that again and again and again and again. And how patient is God with us? So I think the best, I don't know what the question is, but the best thing that is to not feel guilty. Do not feel guilty because even if you feel guilty, you see God says, aha, she knows. She knows relationship with me. I see that she wants it. She didn't do it. She was busy and things got in the way, but that's all right. So guilt and striving and feeling somebody else does it better or whatever, I just encourage it, put it away, put it away. Draw a line in the sand. I have so many lines in the sand in my life because, you know, I used to think that I'd, I'd get nice and clean, you know, did all my confession, have communion. I'm not a Catholic, but... I do believe in the real efficacy and the power of communion. So I'd be clear. Then I'd either on the way home from church or the next day or something, I'd whinge about someone or I'm quitting. I'd go, oh, done it again. Oh, God, I've just got to do No, you don't. <laughs> I think, yeah, you have to put that aside and not just think, well, I'm pretty awful and I'll just stay this way. But God doesn't love you any less. So those sorts of – and the bit about quiet times and intimacy and that don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you never measure up because there's a time for each one of us. You know, I listened to Adeline and 
she's had a really hard few years, young woman like that. But God's got so much for her and we might not have had that same experience, but he draws us in the way that he knows he's going to. So I think with all those, this verses that God chooses the times where we have great revelation or a great overwhelming sense of his presence because you can't just sit there and make it happen. So he chooses that and he chooses to draw us to other things. When we respond or we don't, but he still loves us the same. I don't want that. I've got my Don't own. want that. You've got no, yours. I've got my own. I think that probably feeds into the last thing that I wanted to talk about really, which was wisdom that you have to share um, from your own story and your own history with God um, around um, your experiencing him and being aware of deepening intimacy with him and... I mean, I've certainly, uh, I've certainly had points where God has sort of said to me, for me, um, you've really made this much more about you than it needs to be. You know, that, that I be worried, you know, I be worried that I'm thwarting his plans in my life because I haven't done this, that and the other. Or, um, God, I just understand if in this moment of encounter, because I really haven't done da 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 da, that you need to pass over me this time because um, I haven't been good enough this week, or you know, and and of actually almost hearing him laugh at me, yeah. of why do you think you have that much power? Like if I want to do this, like I'm God, <laughs> who do you think you are? Um, but uh, so in it may be about that, it may be about something else. But as we finish up this evening, uh, from your own story or history with God, when it comes to this whole thing of the invitation, his invitation to us of come closer. And I love what Bev was saying, um, that it's not just about us pursuing intimacy with him, but actually recognizing he is pursuing us. He is pursuing us. Um, what might you know are there any other things that you would like to add really i guess now i would just say that let god love you and your love will flow that you know backwards or forwards or whichever way and around and about around about <laughs> yeah i think one of my biggest things is just the importance of god's truth because it's when we're rooted in god's truth and everything else is put in perspective um and like so for me yeah, like, and like Steph was saying as well, we have to be very conscious of like being aware of any lies we're believing, but it's hard because often we're not aware we're believing them. Um, and so for me, one was when I was sick was like, because um, like, the human always, mind always tries to like justify a situation or understand why something's happening or that sort of thing. And so like when I was getting really sick and wasn't getting any better, like had the whole church praying for me and like nothing seemed to change and like this went on for a long time. Um, like you, you try to justify it. Like I tried to justify it wasn't why I wasn't getting better, but I did it subconsciously. Um, and so it wasn't actually until one time when Peter Thompson came over and um, he was just chatting with me. And um, I ended up discovering that, um, like, once again, the enemy had taken a truth and twisted it. Um, and so I was believing, because I had, um, like even prior to that, had like quite a few prophetic words, saying some pretty astounding things I could do with my life. And so in the head I'd created 
um, oh, okay, I'm I'm going through all this suffering because of all the good things I have in store. Like um, it's uh, I have to suffer because of because of the great words I've been getting, all that sort of thing. Where like, and to think about it, it may not seem so bad, but um, like yeah, Peter Thompson pointed out, he's like, well, no, like. God doesn't justify suffering. Like God doesn't make you suffer because he's got great things in store for you. And I was like, wow. And so that was really the first time I had to consciously like let go of my health and try to justify it and just be – because when you've had so many people pay for you and that sort of thing and like even like well-known people like and nothing really seems to change, it's just that like, well, you just have to accept the truth that I know God is my healer and also the truth that God's mom, the revelation came when um, I heard the point, um, I think it was possibly Bud Johnson who said it, but like God wants me healed more than I want me healed. And when I got that, I was like, wow, like that's so true. That thing of like him pursuing us, it's like he wants the best for us more, than, way more than we do. Um, and so, um, yeah, and so it's just letting go for me and just that thing of it's like, um, of it's like we hear of it's like sometimes people just get sick because we live in a fallen world. It's like, yes, there are because it's because the other thing was like I'd been like I'd done some theophostics and I'd done some other thing because if there if there was something hindering it, like obviously I wanted to like kick in the butt so I could like finally get better. Um, but it's like you go through all these things of like the normal things of what like some people it does bring great deliverance, but for me it didn't work. And I was like, God, like why is this happening to me? Um, but it was. Yeah, just giving up control because I was very much a control freak <laughs> when I was much younger. Um, but, yeah, and just letting God's truth um, sit in me of God is my healer um, and just reciting God's truths over my life. And, um, yeah, like if any lies did come up, being like, well, yeah, like Seth was saying, like recognising it, we be like, no, this is the truth of what God says. And so, and because I found then once I had, firmly established God's truth in me then like I found through it all like now my identity is set because once you know God's truths and you really actually believe what he says about you um like because one of the the biggest things was I was probably one of the most self-conscious people you would have ever met um my best friend had like the best body shape really attractive tanned really easily all the guys liked her um, and so like every day and we did everything together so I was just every day constantly comparing myself to her and so it took me getting sick and like something out of my control and to not being able to bear to look at myself in the mirror like I'd anytime I'd see a reflection I couldn't even look at myself because um, I got so sick I was literally skin and bone and it was from that point God started rebuilding me and my identity and it's like once you've had everything stripped away and you've had to rebuild that like I had to make the choice to rebuild it on God's truths. And so all those lies I used to believe, the comparisons, everything, um, I just had to learn to replace it with truths. And so now I couldn't care less about what people think of me. And like I've still got, some of you may know, like I've still got all the scars from the ulcers I had. And um, like unless Jesus heals them, I'll probably have them for life just because they're deep tissue scars. But like I honestly couldn't care less. And like I don't now I don't even notice or occasionally I'll notice, like, if I'm walking past people and some other, just, like, look down and be like, what? Because it's, like, you know, it's not normal. Half your leg to be red and look weird. Look, I've had severe burns. But um, but it's it's just such a freeing thing to know, to truly know who God is and know who you are. And like, I'd be by far not perfect and I'm still learning. But um, once you begin to start that process, like, things don't get to you. 
as much. Um, and so that's, yeah, knowing, knowing truth so that you know who God is and who you are. And then, yeah, gets you through. You're an inspiration, Adeline. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think for me, it's just knowing that God created us the way we He wanted us to be, and we don't have to be anybody we're not supposed to be. And so, um, I think it's just being aware that there are different seasons in our lives, there are different times in our lives, um, and that you know God loves us anyway. So why are we why are we striving? Um, I do think though that. Um, a discipline of reading the Bible, of worshipping, of praying is always going to add to our experience with God. And so I don't know that giving that up and saying, come and catch me, God, is the best option. Um, uh, <laughs> no, for me it's not. Um, so I think even when you're busy, when you've got time, it doesn't matter but I think having that sort of contract with God to say, I'm, you made me as I am, I accept that. I know that there's more to learn. However, I'd like to meet with you halfway so that you can continue to help me to be who you want me to be and to um, that your purposes and plans for my life are in sync with yours and not fighting against you. So... Um, I think just be encouraged that it's easier some days than others and that's okay. I think um, I'm trying to think of a phrase to succinctly say it, but I, I think I used to have this real fear of missing out on what God had of, had for me. So whether it was you know, if I'd go to church in the evening back in the day when church used to be on in the evening or if I'd stay home, like I'd always go because I didn't want to miss what God had for me or, you know, if there was conference or whatever it was, I didn't want to miss what God had. And and I guess that was really part of that real striving to not let him down, to not disappoint him, to not miss out on anything. If I wasn't at this thing, then I might miss out on that. And, and I think... Um, for me, through having children and having to miss out on a lot of things, um, you know, it's very exciting when I get to sit in a sermon or, you know, like when I can worship for a few minutes at a time during the service or, you know, whatever it is, everything is kind of in shorter bursts or or there's long gaps in between. And, and I think that at the start of that season of motherhood, I really struggled with feeling like I'm missing out on all of these things and whether it was, you know, serving youth with Adam or um, my own time with God or sermons at church or being able to go to a conference or being, you know, whatever it is, I kept feeling like I'm missing out, I'm missing out, I'm missing out and and I really grieved that and struggled with it and I feel like actually God has use that to bring greater freedom in that he knows what I need. He, um, his approval of me is not based on what I do and that he will meet with me wherever I'm at and he will pursue me. And if I miss it, sometimes he'll keep 
pursuing me until he tells me what he needs to tell me kind of thing. And so I think, um, yeah, I think just that freedom for us that if our hearts are turned towards him, that we're going to encounter him and it will look different in different seasons. Um, But, you know, even if we only have, you know, this much to give to God or or this much time to just stop and be, that's enough for him to to meet with us and to love on us and to give us what we need so that we don't lack and so that we are able to be filled up with him and that, yeah, I think, you know, just come just as you are and and he, he just embraces us and loves on us that it's not about having to be afraid of missing out or to earn his approval or whatever it is that it is about just being in relationship with him and if we miss a moment well then he'll give us another moment for it next time or next minute or you know whenever it is that because it is that continuous journey with him we're not going to miss out because he gives us tomorrow kind of thing um and yeah so I think that we're safe with him and we can be real with him and we can be real with him about the season that we're in because we are safe with him and we don't have to put up pretenses or try and be something that we're not because he'll just encounter us where we're at and if that's at home or if it's on the toilet or you know wherever it is if it's not at the conference or in the supposedly holy moment he's still able to encounter us as we go about our day that's good that's good Thank you. Um, well, I think we might um, leave it there, but I think there's a number of things which I hope are encouraging or resonate in your own lives or things that kind of are just applicable even. I, I'm, um, God knew even in us all coming this evening what we needed to hear from him, which is quite amazing. So... Um, I might um, just uh, finish in praying for us if that's all right and then I just encourage you, don't rush off if you want to hang around and help yourself to another cuppa or just um, chat to one another. That would be really great. Heavenly Father, I um, we really are just as your daughters and as women just so grateful for your love towards us and Lord, as we've shared this evening, um, God, you know uniquely how each one of us is made. You know uniquely, God, how um, to draw us in closer to you. And God, you know what season each one of us is in. And so, Father, this evening, I just ask God for just a fresh touch from you in each of our lives that uh, God um, we would be deeply aware again of your love for us and the way that you pursue us and Father we do want to be women who respond to you who um, respond to your invitations in our life but I thank you God that um, You don't look for us to do that in any measure of perfection, but just to come as we are. 
So Lord, I just bless each person here and uh, thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.